You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. If we look in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, um, it will come up, and it just says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Or another translation says it's for the, for it is the wellspring of life. And if you haven't got it already, I'm, the picture of broken jars is resembling to our hearts. You know, I thought about it and it, it, it became really clear. I was thinking when I, I've got some here, I was looking at a jar thinking, how is this then? How is this a representation of our hearts? How, how is, you know, for me, it's just a glass jar at first. I was thinking, well, you know, there's nothing else to it. But actually, as I looked into it, I saw some similarities, you know. Like a glass jar is, is fragile, just like our hearts are fragile. And it has to be handled with care. And if it's not protected, then the following things can happen. And I, I put a table together to show what, what these things are. And, you know, on the left, you've got glass jars. On the right, you've got our hearts. And it's just like, if we go through them... If you throw something at a glass jar or, you know, it's like, like a little stone, you can chip it. A little bit can be chipped off. And it's like words spoken against us can chip away at our hearts. It can cause a little bit of damage there. Glass jars can be dropped suddenly. And you know, I don't know whether you've had it before. I've had it many times when I've been in situations. I've had that really, that deep sinking feeling suddenly occur deep within my heart. Glass jars can be smashed. It's like having our hearts broken. It's an emotion. You know, we go through a situation that is very difficult and it breaks your heart. Emotional situation. Glass jars can be emptied of its contents. And like we can lose that feeling. We can lose that feeling of being, of caring. That losing that feeling of purpose. In our heart, we just don't care anymore. Glass jars can be knocked over. In other words, it's like our hearts, they can be abused. When you're speaking with someone, it's like they they are not appreciative of what you're sharing with them or what you're speaking out of what's inside. Glass jars can be, can be shaken. And it's like, I saw this as like fear in our hearts. We can be shaken by fear. We can be moved by fear. Glass jars can be marked. If you get like a permanent marker, you can just draw on it and that will stay. But it's like our experiences in life can cause scars on our hearts, depending on what the experiences are. And then glass jars can just be covered over. And it's like we're hiding our hearts. We put a cover over it. We don't show what's really going on there. But there's one thing, there's one similarity that is between them that is constant. And that is there is always a void. There is always a space that needs to be filled. And it's a void that we often try and fill ourselves, just like that. We know that there's something not right. We know that there's something that that needs to be changed. We try and find a solution. The thing is, there is always a gap. We're never able to fill it. It's a space that is not satisfied, is crying out to be filled. No matter what we do, we ourselves cannot fill it. I've been through experiences in the past where 
I've tried desperately to think, oh, why am I feeling this way? Why, why, oh, I need to do something. So I, I try and, it's almost a distraction. I try and distract myself for a little while. And I feel some satisfaction in that. But then after a while, again, that sinking feeling comes. That void reveals itself again. And I'm back where I was when I started. I want to go through a few points with you this evening. And the first is, what is the main cause of a broken jar? What is the main cause of a broken jar? What is the main cause of a broken heart? See, everyday life can break our hearts. Life in general, arguments, sadness, struggles of every day. But believe it or not, the breaking of our hearts come, comes out of the rejecting. It comes out of rejecting the love of God in any situation. God wants to have a relationship with us. In every situation, he wants to walk by you, being communicating with you. I want you to communicate with him. And he wants to guide us through everything we go through. The thing is, we can easily go against him by using our own understanding and making choices without considering the bigger, the bigger picture. The outcome of God's desire, will, or purpose for any given situation. Our hearts are vulnerable when we move within the confinements of our conscience. Let me say that again. Our hearts become vulnerable when we move within the confinements of our conscience. Our hearts are fragile. When we move within our own understanding, it can be a hindrance to us rather than a help. So the bottom line is we are the root cause of how our hearts are broken because it's down to us what we allow in. We choose what comes in and we can choose what we don't allow in. But I want to share this. I want to take you to Genesis chapter 3. It's going to be from verses 5 to 8. I learned this recently. I was, I was just browsing online and I came across some sermons online and this was one point that I was shared and I've kind of expanded on it a bit, but it really opened my eyes and it's stuck in my mind ever since. Of course, we're going to the fall of man. You know, you've got Adam and Eve and God has just told them, you know, you know, you can enjoy this garden, but just don't eat from the fruit from this one tree. This one tree in this entire garden. Now, the enemy is always close by. And he was ready to move. And he's, he was like saying, do you, do you not, did God really tell you not to eat the fruit from the tree? And as we read here, it says, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God 
among the trees in the garden. See, Adam and Eve were told distinctly not to go and eat the fruit from one tree or they would die. Now, let's, let's bring this to day a second, okay? So how many of you have, when someone's told you don't do something, you go and do it anyway? Or once, when someone, yeah, I'm just saying, when someone says, don't look over there, you instantly turn your head and look over there. It's true, isn't it? And you know the kids and you got your, you know, your, your parents say, okay, son, okay, Tom, don't go into the sweetie jar. Okay. What do I do? I wait until they're gone and try and carefully get a sweet out of the jar without making a sound. As soon as someone says, don't do it, we do it. The curious nature of man can sometimes be, or I would not say sometimes, I would say is our downfall. As at times we move without consideration, without understanding the bigger picture. But look, if you look closely, this is what opened my eyes. I've underlined it there. When the women saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom, she saw that the tree was good for food. It was good for food, not bad for food, it was good. It was pleasing to the eye and it was desirable. Now the question that I've had a lot of the time is that why would God tell us not to do or participate in something that is good? Pleasing to the eye and also desirable to myself. Why would he say, don't do that, when it's, when I can see that it's good? You know? And often we can be in that place of like, but God, isn't it you that says that, you know, you will give the desires of my heart? Just hold it there. We see this, we society, God, you say it, He will give you the desires of your heart. This is desirable to me, so why, why are you saying to me that I can't have it? I want to sum that up in three points. Even though something may look to be good, it doesn't mean that it's the right thing for you to pursue. Though it's pleasing on the outside, it can turn out to be something unpleasant. And what may seem to be desirable, can quickly turn to something undesirable. When we act on impulse, when we act on our own understanding, when we act on our own conscience, it can actually be our fool and our benefit because we're not understanding the greater context. We're not understanding the bigger picture. And all of these can cause our hearts, our jars to be broken because they're not filled with the good things God desires us to have. He knows the good things that are right for you. He knows what, you know, He knows what is good for you. He knows, you know, what will be pleasing for you. He knows what is, is the things you should be desiring. He knows you. But of course, if you click again, this is what we tend to do. This is what I've tended to do. Because often when things do not go away, when we are broken, when we blame God, we can almost, it's almost like 
shouting back at God in disagreement. You know, we often think, oh, but God, don't you say, you know, you will give the desires of my heart. But we're only quoting part of it. We're not reading the whole line. We're not understanding the whole context. As it says here, delight yourselves in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The first step is delight yourself in him and then he will give you the desires of your heart. You need to understand the whole statement, the whole picture, instead of moving on that which we find applicable to us in a situation. And if we, like I said, if we're not careful, then our hearts can become broken. So the next thought is, can a broken jar be restored? And I came across this quote and I found it so so true. It says, when our hearts are broken, we limp along, wondering how we ended up here, and if we'll ever make it to the other side of the pain. Now, I've been in a situation not too long ago where it, I, I, had, I went through that emotional breaking of my heart, and it took me so long. It took me nearly a year to get through to the other side, and right in the middle of it, I was, I was, I was in this place. I was just going day by day, not really focusing on those around me. I was wondering how and asking why did I end up here. And I never, I was like, when will I reach the other side? When will I come through this? See, when we are, when we end up in brokenness, we often ask the question, why me? Why did this happen to me? Why has my heart been broken? Why is this so painful? Is there really a God because he wouldn't let this happen to me? Why would he let this happen to me? Yet we forget that somewhere down the line, God was probably trying to say to us to not do something. When I recounted the situation that I've been through and looked back, I remember a conversation I had with a friend before I got involved in that which broke my heart. And what they said to me was, okay, just be careful. That was a warning. But I didn't listen. Like I said, we choose what we allow into our hearts. And so because I didn't listen, I didn't heed the warning, and I entered the situation, as a result, my heart was broken. You see, God is always beside us. He is always guiding us. He's always teaching us. But it's down to us to listen. Like I say, God wants to have a relationship with you in every moment of every day, in every situation, in every circumstance. He wants to communicate with you. He wants you to communicate with Him. And we're so quick to move on the impulse, but what happens is just saying, just stopping and listening. God, is this the right thing for me to do? Is this the right decision I should be making? Is this what you desire for me to do, or am I just going for my own desire? Am I going for what I think is good, but not what you know is good for me? And we know this next verse in Proverbs. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, or acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. 
See, our hearts can be restored. Our jars can be fixed. But it comes down to trust. Trusting solely and completely in our God and not trying to understand. That's the hard thing because our our understanding can hinder us. It can also lead us back to brokenness. I don't know about you, but we as people, if we don't know how something works, we want to find out how it works. If it's if it's broken, we want to learn how to fix it. You know, if if you're if you don't know the answer, you want to find the answer. I think it's just human nature. And it it might you know, I put together this next sentence and I was just like, This is probably true. The greatest understanding a person can gain is that it's better to not understand. <laughs> I think in actually for me I don't know about you, but for me that's true. I try and go through situations trying to understand, trying to find it my, do it my own way. And all I need to do is actually say, God, no, 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 I trust in you. So I don't need to understand because I know you already have it. You already know the way. You know what's good for me. You know the best for me. All I've got to do is trust and walk in you. Then maybe we can be in a place of David as we see in Psalms 119. Because he was declaring here, your statutes or your decrees are wonderful, therefore I obey them. He was acknowledging God. Your decrees are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words give light. The unfolding of the words found in this very book gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. We can gain understanding if we don't cloud it with our own understanding. That makes sense. We try and understand things ourselves, but we're not going to. When you put God first, then understanding will come. I open my mouth and pant longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from oppression of men that I may obey your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your decrees. Streams of tears flow from my eyes for your law is not obeyed. I love that last line. Because for me when I read that, that's where I am when my heart is broken and when I turn back to God. Streams of tears flow from my eyes for your law is not obeyed. It comes to that place of surrender and saying, God, I cannot do it on my own. I need you. It's The understanding is knowing that his way 
is better than our way. Trusting that he has the best for us. He has the best for us. And we don't have to look for the best for us. It comes down to trust. Walking in him. Like I said, communicating with him. He's here. He wants to guide you, lead you, lead us. And then we move on. Transparency of our jar or our hearts. One thing about jar is that everybody can see the contents. When I put these into the jar here, you can see what's inside. And this is what we do every day, if we're not careful. Because we, like I said, can allow whatever we like into our hearts. It's down to us what we allow in and what we refuse to allow in. And like I said, if we walk in our own understanding, if we walk in our own concept, this can happen to our hearts. It can become clouded. If you are consumed by something that is not good for you, everyone can see it in some way. And so we can try and hide it, but it always comes out. If you are, if your heart is broken, it shines out through your mannerisms, through the way you act, through your eyes and your words. You can try and cover it up, but it's clear for all to see. It doesn't matter how much you try and cover this. Your eyes speak. How your words are spoken speak. And people can know just like that whether you're in a good place or a bad place. No matter how much you try and hide it. Are you okay? Yeah. No, you're not. Is everything alright? Yeah, it's, 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 it's fine. You're just lying to yourself. Our comfort is that God is next to us. You see, think about when your heart is full of the goodness of God. Have you been in that place where your heart is completely full of the goodness of God? Think about a jar that is unbroken. And just full of everything that God is. Because this is what God does to us. See, when we, when we allow the good things that are not good for us in, there is still a void. There is still space. It's never fully complete. And it's clouded. But when we allow God to take the center, He bring, He fills every single, single void that is in that space. And He brings purity. No blemish. No stain. Just purity. Because God wants us to have a pure heart. Completely full of Him. And when it's full of Him, we can do immeasurably more than 
we can never think of. Because God is the center. If you turn to Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. See, we are ultimately called to be salt and light. The world is a difficult place and it needs preserving. And we are the salt that can do that. For having God working through us in purity. We are also a light for the darkness that is in this world. But we have to, we have to protect our hearts from the distractions, from the abuse and the weight of the world. And we need to find refuge our strength, guidance, support, love, security, and protection in our God. Allowing His light to shine through the purity in our hearts. If you tried to shine a light through this, you wouldn't get very far. But with purity, it's very transparent and light can shine through everywhere. Everywhere. You can go everywhere from that. In Luke 6, 45, it says, Dear good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, the mouth speaks. And I want to go one further than that. I think out of the overflow of our hearts, our life speaks. Everything we do, not just our words, but everything we do. If we are allowing distractions, the abuse, the weight of the world in is going to cloud our judgment. It's going to cloud our understanding. It's going to cloud our focus. Our hearts will become broken and we're going to become lost. But if we allow God in and to take that center to bring healing and restoration to our brokenness, he can bring purity. He can remove the stain. And our, we can see. We won't be blind, we can see. And our very lives will be a light to everyone else around us. My question to everybody here, is including myself, I've asked myself this, is what is breaking your heart? Do you have a scar on your heart that hasn't been healed? Is it becoming cloudy? 
Have you been rejected? Are you in a difficult situation? Do you have trust issues? Or is it your own mind, your own understanding that is causing you to become blind and lost and broken? See, what I want to remind you is that God is the healer of our hearts. He is the restorer of our hearts. And we don't have to work it out ourselves. That is the great thing. That is the grace of God. We don't have to work anything out. We just need to trust in Him. Have a relationship with Him. Communicate with Him daily. And allow Him to lead us. Instead of us leaving Him on the side and leading ourselves. We need to come before Him and trust. We cannot understand the bigger picture because it's too much to understand. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. Is your jar broken? Is it cracked? Is it falling apart? Like I said, God can heal those cracks. We can try ourselves, but the cracks will always be visible. You know what? God can put it together again and make it whole. No scar, no cracks, no pain. And will ever be visible and won't be hidden. It will be gone. It will be healed. And we'll have purity. I want to call the guys up. Maybe you can do the second song. I just want to us to reflect as these guys sing uh, this, this song. And we need to understand that we are not alone. We don't have to suffer in silence. But God is with us and he wants to help us. And so as these guys play the song, just reflect, pray. Allow God to speak to you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.